Hi, I'm Francis Hellier, and welcome to my brand new podcast, Metaverse. This is a podcast for the future-minded, a series for anyone on the hunt for the next big thing and all its possibilities and implications. This is Tomorrow's World Today. With each episode, I will chat to those at the top of their fields, from futurists in crypto and space travel to forecasters in business and tech. Together, we will ask the question, what's next? Today, I'm joined by creative digital strategist, Vincent Bursons. Based in Antwerp, his digital consultancy agency, Voidwalker, helps brands navigate along the communities, content, and currencies that make up this internet society of ours. Vincent believes the metaverse, Web3, and the future of the internet don't just belong to Silicon Valley elites and others. His mission is to help the people, organizations, and communities that are not so internet native to claim their place in it. He also teaches about internet culture and the creator economy at Thomas More University, where he helps the new generation of creators navigate through the metaverse and beyond. Vincent, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, and like I said, I'm so happy that I can share my passion and talk with other like-minded people about this maelstrom, this void that is coming towards us. So let's start at, right at the beginning. What, what got you into this space? Can you take us back to the uh, sort of founding ideas? Uh, thing is, I've always been immersed in what we now call like our internet society, the metaverse. Um, I grew up kind of with World of Warcraft, which is like still alive and kicking, which is one of the foundational massively multiplayer online role playing games where you actually have all the elements that make up this Web3, this metaverse. Even though, and I will come back to that later, there's a big difference between these online games and what many people conceive to be the metaverse. But in its very essence, I think the foundations, the elements that make up like this next iteration of the internet um, were already there in games like World of Warcraft. And um, so that was actually my first encounter with these online communities and the beauty of it, also the dark side of it. And then actually I started studying journalism. And when I graduated or when I was graduating, um, Facebook and uh, Instagram, no, Instagram wasn't there yet because I graduated in 2014 or it wasn't that big. So it was around 2014 that social media came up. And then I said like, hey, I'm studying journalism. There's not a lot of jobs in journalism here in Belgium. I'm just going to pivot towards like social media. And that's where I actually encountered or discovered the beauty of social media and the internet and more specifically how it could connect to other people. And I think honestly, 90% of my friends that I'm still in touch with, I met through Facebook. A lot of my girlfriends, eight girlfriends that I met, I met through Facebook. So for me, social media has been very transformative. Um, and one of a few highlights that really solidified my belief in social media was back in 2018, where I saved my favorite TV show together with other fans using social media, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. And that actually showcased for me, okay, this is the power of online communities, which are now becoming even more important in the context of metaverse and Web3. Now tell us about founding Voidwalker and your mission there. Yeah, so uh, I studied journalism, then I pivoted towards like social media strategies when it didn't exist yet. And then I was a community manager. So I've navigated along the different paths that make up this internet society. Uh, okay, do, do I want to do advertising? Do I want to do creative strategy? But I've always struggled 
in with finding like a specific title for myself. I've set up now for creative digital strategies, but it has been a struggle for me because I like advertising, but it's not my passion. I do love communities, but I also like storytelling. So for me, it was very difficult finding like the term that actually uh, encapsulates everything. And now in the past years, with the way the internet is changing, it's become even more difficult. I remember when I was a social media strategist six years ago, I mean, uh, social media strategies did everything. Nowadays, you have a media buying specialist, you have a creative social media strategist. So we're now in a situation where there's not one title that for me encapsulates everything. And Voidwalker for me is actually switching the roles. Instead of saying I'm this and this and this, I'm saying no, I'm a navigator. Um, this Web3, the metaverse is like a big unknown, a void. And I'm an expert, but I'm not an expert in all these things, but I know where the experts are. Um, I'm not the gatekeeper of all these communities, but I'm in touch with them. And I actually want to navigate, help navigate people along these um, communities, the content and the currencies. And thing is, my father, he's a captain. So he um, he's a captain on the sea. And I studied like uh, maritime or Navy school for one week, but it was too difficult for me. So it's kind of serendipitous that I actually found my own interpretation of being a captain, being a navigator. So I think he's proud of me in that sense. Oh, I have no, I have no doubt. Now, can you talk us through a little bit about uh, what you've been working on recently and some of the roadmaps you've created? So currently I'm doing a lot of research because uh, here in Flanders, there's a lot of companies working with the metaverse, but nothing tangible really yet. So I'm doing a lot of research, doing a lot of talks. And apart from that, I work as a consultant for Visit Flanders, the tourism board for Flanders. And even though they're not working specifically on the metaverse, they're actively working with communities and storytelling, actually the foundations of the internet society, even though a lot of these communities also do activities outside the internet, they come together, they meet each other, on the internet and for me that's actually like a good petri dish a good way of like or a good uh, context for me to see like okay how do these people interact with each other which sort of tools can we use um and also since a lot of these communities are not at all involved with the metaverse if i can make it tangible for them mm -hmm. if i can make web3 nfts uh, metaverse if i can make it understandable and uh, tangible for them, then I think I've achieved something because it's not difficult convincing the people who are already invested, where they bought NFTs. I think there's a lot of people um, involved with that already, but I think it's also important, especially if this is the next iteration of the internet, if this is the switch from the centralized organizations from Silicon Valley to more decentralized internet, I think it's very important that we get everyone on board. And I'm um, I um, dug down the rabbit hole. I'm just like you are. I'm in the metaverse. I'm with Web3. And half of what is being written on the internet, I don't understand myself because it's still so complex. And I think that's natural uh, when something new happens. But at the same time, I think it's very important that we make these, make these things tangible. So right now I'm absorbing and trying to make sense of these things. So it's understandable for like the most common denominator because I think that's important because they will be the driving forces for uh, the metaverse, Web3, etc. Uh, and then also I teach about these things as well. Now, 
quite a lot of our episodes we've released here at, at Metaverse, we've discovered lots of things about creativity and what the Metaverse offers is from a creative standpoint. And I think lots of the conversations end up being almost artistic in, in, in their nature as opposed to technological. Um, but I think the other thing that stands out from, from what you're describing is, is another big word is community. Um, you know, you've been immersed in online communities for over a decade. What changes have you seen and what are you sort of most excited about going forward? So a lot of things that are like touted as being new or like Facebook groups, it's not new or Discord are actually structures that already existed. You had RRC channels, you had subfora, subreddits. So a lot of these things that are currently being presented as new are not that new. Um, but what I've seen is that a lot of communities have started to converge around or in Discord. And Discord is like a Microsoft Teams, a Slack channel, and which was actually created by people who wanted to have an easier way to interact with other players playing Final Fantasy, a very popular online role-playing game. And then it was like uh, used, I think up until five years ago, mainly by gamers. It was linked with Twitch, etc. But now in the past years, you've seen a lot of non-gamer communities embracing um, Discord. And also it's very big and very important for the crypto scene, the Web3 scene. So I think I've seen a switch from people being on uh, like just Facebook or Twitter, and they're now going more towards uh, these decentralized communities. And um, the reason why I think it's important that a lot of companies, brands need to know that is because 80% of all conversations about brands don't happen in the wide open. They happen in these communities, WhatsApp group, Telegram groups, Reddit, and it's impossible to be immersed, to be in all those groups. And I think that's just a reality that we need to accept. If we want to embrace a decentralized internet, then we have to accept that our KPIs will change, that not, we will not be able to be involved in every single um, conversation. Yeah. I think quite a lot of these communities have the opportunity to cross over as well. So the imagine, you know, people's imagination of the metaverse, I think sometimes is around different communities talking to each other, different, different landscapes and different worlds all sort of merging and it, it, yeah. it being a, a melt, melting pot almost of, yeah. of those worlds. Yeah, there was some, one, one other thing that I've seen, um, like a big change when we talk about the metaverse or like communities. Um, you also have to talk about the creator economy. And the creator economy started with the influencer who just posts stuff on Instagram, but now it has evolved to YouTubers who make long form content about a very niche subject. And that has, that has existed for a few years, but what has happened in the past two or five years is that these people actually have a community on Discord. And let's say of um, if they have 100,000 subscribers, a thousand of these people actually pay them five euros or 20 euros a month through Patreon. So you now have an ecosystem that is actually being made possible by tools like Discord and Patreon that allow these creators who will actually be the creative driving force of the metaverse of the Web3 uh, being financially um, independent, which is very important. And they actually can now interact with their communities in a way that wasn't possible so many years ago. So I think that's the biggest change that a lot of creators actually now have the tools and the power and to actually serve their community and also get feedback from them, etc. What does the metaverse mean to you, Vincent? And how would you how would you sort of describe it in your own words? So I think the metaverse is actually like many people have stated is the place where the physical and the digital will come together. But for me, the metaverse is also something philosophical, just like the web three. Of course, there's like um, augmented technology plays a big role, decentralized blockchain, um, extended reality, these things are going to be the building blocks. But I think it's also something philosophical that we as a community, as a society, which I think is very cool, collectively decided like, hey, 
Facebook, it's too centralized. Twitter, we don't like it anymore. We need something else. And then all these things start to come together. Of, of course, there's a lot of money involved. Um, I haven't seen this kind of excitement since Facebook launched so many years ago. So I think we're really at the dawn of a new age what it is going to be, what the metaverse eventually will turn out to be. I think it's very difficult right now to determine that because um, I love virtual reality and I love having a Zoom meet. I, I love Zoom meetings, but I like having these meetings in a more immersive environment. But do I like spending eight hours a day with VR glasses? I don't think so. So I think the people who are developing the metaverse or the metaverses right now are still looking for the right um, community. Because many people think like, hey, a metaverse should be like an online role-playing game. And to that, I say, no, there should obviously be lessons learned from how to develop a metaverse. And you've seen a lot of metaverse, of, I've seen a lot of metaverse developers uh, making the same mistakes that uh, online role-playing game developers already made 10 years ago. So it's like, maybe you should talk to each other to avoid these mistakes. At the same time, I don't think a metaverse should be a copy of an online role-playing game because if you want a metaverse to be also a work environment, then it can be like an online role-playing game because games should be about, okay, there's some competition involved, you want to earn achievements, but it's also mm. about relaxing. And then that's also the main reason why a lot of gamers are pushing back against NFTs and Web3 because they see like an encroaching system of like, hey, let's earn more money. Um, maybe that's another discussion, but the thing is, that's why I call it the void. It's all coming together, Web3, Metaverse, NFTs. Um, so for me, the Metaverse, the physical and digital coming together, it's also philosophical. Like we as a society decided we need something else. Um, you, talk about, you talk about those mistakes. What are the actual parallels there between the mistakes that were so, made so 10 years ago? Very tangibly, there was this video going viral of an agency that recreated H&M. Um, there was a video from a few years ago of someone who made a Walmart completely virtually, and they actually copied the physical experience into the virtual experience. You have to tell me if there's, I want to talk to the person who actually enjoys uh, shopping in Walmart or in HM. It's not a fun experience. You go in there, you want to shop and you want to get out of there. Uh, waiting in the queue, um, having to find the objects. I don't think that's the right approach. If you want to make a really cool H&M experience, you don't have to copy paste from the physical world. Because uh, in the physical world, you're bound by physical laws. You're not in the digital world. So I think the biggest mistakes is that they're trying to copy paste the physical world into the digital world. While we've seen so many cool games, so many cool experiences that show what is possible if you let go of these constraints. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now. What do you think the main possibilities are with the metaverse? So I think just as it is happening now, these virtual spaces actually allow people uh, who don't live close to each other, who live on different continents to be together. And a lot of online role-playing games, they actually give you uh, the ability to customize your character, but those characters, those personas, they're bound to the world of those video games. And if you don't like the video game or you're not a gamer, it's not really fun. So I think for the metaverse, it will actually create parallel worlds that lends a lot of elements from these um, games, but don't expect the people to be gamers. And also, I think we're now in a shift. And for me, that's the main reason why I think the metaverse is really happening. For the first time in history, well, history, um, you have a lot of mainly young people who value their digital lives more than their physical lives. And you can be pro or contra, but that's happening. And you have a lot of people who spend more 
money on online stuff, digital items, than they do on physical items. So that's the stuff. The thing is, it's nice that you bought an NFT or you bought like a sneaker, a Nike sneaker with artifact, but where can you showcase it? You can showcase it on Nifty Gateway or OpenSea on all these NFT platforms, but it would be much nicer if you could show it off in a virtual world. And that's what's happening right now in this burgeoning scene. You have a lot of people trying to develop these metaverses. But yeah, I think if we want to go, even though the metaverse is the physical and the digital and the Web3 is about decentralization, even though there are like two different routes, they're all converging into something that has no name yet. The thing is, do people actually want to have a virtual physical world that's fully decentralized? Wouldn't it be easier to have one virtual metaverse where you only have to make one account? So I think that's an inherent problem with the decentralized web is that we will have a lot of decentralized uh, metaverses. And I think that's gonna be difficult. Um, that's gonna make it difficult for people to actually show off their digital items. But once we solve that issue and we have like one or two metaverses, or there's interoperability, interchangeability that you can actually log in from the one metaverse to another. I think that will be very interesting for the people who have spent, who are spending so much money on digital items. It will allow them to showcase it. So I think that's important for me. Now, Vincent, tell us about your teaching at Thomas More University. What's it, what's it like helping creators navigate through the metaverse? Yeah, so for me, I started teaching because it forces me to put the knowledge in my head into presentations. Uh, and I do also do workshops, but teaching for young people who are very smart, but who are not as uh, deep in the rabbit hole as we are. Uh, it's a very good exercise to make everything very tangible. Conversely, it's also very interesting to hear their perspectives because they're digital natives. They grew up with TikTok. Um, for them, it's like, yeah, of course, my digital life is more worth than my physical life. Whereas for their parents, it's like, what are you seeing? But for them, it's, it's natural. <laughs> so these perspectives help me actually to stay like on edge. Um, and yeah, I really like it because I can actually talk about my passion for these technologies, how these technologies are affecting um, our culture, our society. On the other hand, I also want to give them the skills necessary and the tools to navigate through this void because the void is coming towards us. The metaverse, Web3, it is happening. It is being moved by bigger forces, by forces beyond our control. And it's good to be skeptical. But if you want to have a job as a creator, if you want to work in like media in the future, you have to know what these things are, what the pitfalls are, but also how you can actually contribute as a young creator. When we think about um, our, our younger listeners, what sort of single piece of advice would you give them if they're interested in this space and, and, and want a career in this area? I think very practically would be to start a Twitter account. And I think many people said Two years ago, Twitter, it's dead, but Twitter has actually innovated over the years. And I've discovered more people who are um, very smart or saying very smart things about the metaverse and Web3 than I've done on any other platform. You have people on LinkedIn, on Facebook, but Twitter, because they now suggest tweets and accounts based on your likes, has actually given me a lot of interesting uh, profiles um, to follow. Um, and um, another piece of advice, and it's something I read, is, and let me quote it, and said like, I think the main lesson is to focus on things that are discredited, but remove friction from our daily interactions. And what that means is, is that you should look at everything with a skeptical view uh, and just not accept everything blindly. But if there's a piece of technology that doesn't make sense or is being hyped, but actually removes friction, actually makes your life easier, 
that's something to pursue. That's something to investigate. And that's also the time uh, kind of mindset I try to give to my students. Like, okay, you have to be skeptical. AI can do many great things, but they can also do many bad things, but it can also improve our lives. My, my other piece of advice, and that's what I've been doing my whole life, is to march to the beat of your own drum. I'm not the pioneer in the NFT space or the metaverse, but I've been immersed in communities in these digital platforms my entire life. I just let these things absorb and then only create things when you think you can make a difference and when it makes sense. Because I could have made an NFT a year ago, but I'm waiting for the right moment to have the right, the right collaborations, et cetera, et cetera. Makes a lot of sense. Now, mm-hmm. let's, let's look forward on a broader scale. What are your sort of predictions for where we're going to be in the next 10 or 15 years? So I think even though the NFT scene and the metaverse is a bit of a hype, there's so much money, there's so many people invested, not only like uh, strategically or like philosophically, you have a lot of people who are also financially involved. So something is going to stick. So I think within 10 years, I think Facebook will still exist. Of course, it's like broadcast television, but I think we will move more towards these um, virtual spaces. I also think that AR, it's something that has been hyped since Google Glass, but hasn't made its breakthrough yet. Virtual reality has, because the Oculus Quest, the second uh, iteration, has sold crazy during the Christmas period, but it's still a very niche product. It's not something you wear while you go outside. I think augmented reality will change things. And Apple has been working on augmented reality glasses. And the reason why they haven't announced anything yet is because they're working on it behind the scenes. Also, the M1 uh, chip that was put in the new iPhone, iPads, and MacBooks is crazy. And that's just the first iteration. So I think once the Apple glasses come out with the M1 or the M2 chip, in a very fancy design, then I think we can actually bring the digital world into the physical world. And I think that will actually influence the next uh, 10 years. Because right now, the metaverse, virtual reality, even mixed reality is cumbersome, it's expensive. And not saying that Apple is not expensive, but it's in a different context. So once these devices are out there, I think it will spur another revolution where people, instead of trying to bring the physical world or instead of only trying to bring the physical world into the digital world, there will be the opposite direction and trying to implement all these cool digital things into our physical reality. So 10 years time, are we going to have mobile phones or not? I think mobile phones, um, maybe they will be replaced. We'll always have a device that we need to carry with us. Maybe it can be in um, a smartwatch. Maybe smartwatches will be so powerful that you don't need a cell phone, but just as books are still here because it's a very convenient format, I think smartphones will still exist. Maybe all the processing power will be beamed through uh, 6 or 7G, fine. But at the end of the day, um, the, the device, the format, the handheld format is very handy. A good advice would be for the watchers or the listeners is to watch The Expanse, which is actually a series set in the future that actually realistically show how our future would look like, not only politically, but also in terms of technology. And that's also the series that I helped save four years ago using Reddit. And the reason why I saved it, because there's many great shows, is because it gave us such an interesting and realistic view of what the future could look like in terms of technology. And I also think the decentralization, that trend will set, well, will continue. However, I think social media, as we know it right now, being connected with all these people at the same time, our humans, our human brains weren't primed for that. We are not actually built to have these many conversations. So I think 
That doesn't mean social media will go away. I think our brains and our society will evolve and incorporate these things. So the centralized platforms that allow you to connect with everyone instantly, that will never go away. But I think people will be much happier to spend more time in their uh, small little cocoons with their small communities. And you're seeing that already with uh, inside the NFT uh, space. And I think that will also happen for the broader audience. Um, and I think just as it is very easy to start a Discord server, I think it's gonna be very easy in 10 years time to create your own metaverse or a sub-metaverse. Because when you talk with these philosophers, for them, like there's only one metaverse and everything that is underneath it, it's called something else. But the metaverse is more something philosophically. It's not like one tool or one platform. It's more like an idea, just like you don't have one social media. And what does the future hold for you, Vincent? So I'm going to continue to dive into the world of the metaverse and Web3 and continue to help people navigate. Uh, and my mission for this year is to actually onboard the people who are skeptical, artists who are very creative, but are very skeptical. And I actually want to do workshops about NFTs for people who hate NFTs, not to convince them, but to actually, if you want to be part of the conversation, you have to know the basic facts. And I think that's very important because that will also help mature the NFT, the Web3 and the Metaverse scene. You've been listening to Metaverse with me, Francis Hellier. Thank you to my guest, Vincent Bursons for a fantastic conversation. Tweet us at MetaversePod with any suggestions or feedback. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please do share a link on social media. You can sign up to receive an email when a new episode drops on our website, metaverse.fm. Metaverse.